0: Welcome to a talk from St. Saviour's Sunbury. We hope it blesses you. We're reading Psalm 139. If you were here on Sunday, this won't be anything like as good as that. That was absolutely brilliant. And I'd strongly recommend anybody and everybody to get hold of Sunday's service. It was superb. Um, and listen to it. Guy was uh, spot on. Anyway, we're dealing with the same chapter. It may not sound like it when we do the sermon, but it's the same chapter. And I was thinking the other day, when I knew this was what I had to talk about, that if this was the last sermon I ever had to give, um, it would be right up there with passages you choose to speak about. And this contrasted neatly with Eric uh, when I came in saying this is a ghastly chapter and I hate it. So we've got an interesting time ahead of us. It obviously evokes all kinds of feelings. Oh Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn and settle in the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. If I say surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me. Even the darkness will not, not be dark to you. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me are written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God! How vast is the sum of them! Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. If only you'd slay the wicked, O God! and lead me in the way everlasting. A lot to chew on there. The context in which we're dealing with this is one of identity. And it's a big subject in our day and age because an awful lot of people are going around with a lot of uncertainty as to their identity. people from refugees who come from far. They have a conflict, are they Somali or English? Are they Thai or English or wherever or English? Coming from different cultures. There are homes where maybe divorce or some other event has happened and the children are growing up either with no parents, one parent or several parents because they've got step parents as well as real ones and they're sort of a bit, where do they fit in? Are you joining that family or are they joining yours? And it's confusing. Children sent for adoption or fostering don't know who their real parents were or why they didn't continue looking after them. Children who are underachievers at school, bullied, sometimes undergo all kinds of gender doubts and all kinds of other doubts and fears that they don't know who they are, really, or that they have very low self-esteem. They think they're useless, waste of space or something. And that's a tragedy. I, was thought, I, I thought about my mother. As I was thinking about this, probably typical of her generation. You'll recognize the symptoms. It was traditional for the vast majority of people 50, 70 years ago. Mother, wife. End of story. Full-time commitment, no time for anything else. Priority one, food on the table, keep the children alive, get them to school on time, get husband to work on time, do the washing, keep the show on the road. Trouble was, the children grew up and left home, so out of the two roles in life, one's gone. Is left only with wife. <laughs> you know what happened to father? Heart attack. What happened to mother? No identity left. No hobbies. No friends. No nothing. No interests. What am I here for? It's all gone. Anybody recognise the symptoms? It's just another example of where we lose our identity. We don't know what it is to be British anymore. We don't know whether we're European anymore. There's so much uncertainty. I come at this passage from uh, another point of view, and I suppose it's one that I've been uh, itching to get my toes into uh, on another ground, because, of course, I'm a scientist, chemist, Somebody once said that my PhD was in molecular biophysics, but I've no idea what that is, so. Uh, but I look at the science of where we are, and what we are, and who we are. You look at the David Attenborough programs, or the Brian Cox programs, Brian Cox will tell you that we're a planet about this size, in the solar system about this size, in a galaxy about that size, and there's 100 million more of those out that size, so what are we? Little tiny little speck. You look at the David Attenborough programs, you'll say, well, there were lots of these places all over the universe, bound to happen somewhere, that molecules came together and did this and that and the other, and we just sort of evolved and here we are. Um, it takes a bit more faith to believe in all that happening by chance um, than it does to believe that God had a hand in it all. One of the things I worked on a long time ago, I can't go into detail now because I've forgotten it all, but it was basically on how uh, do you know about enzymes? Uh, no, all right. It's how an enzyme works. It's how, how we digest, in my case, it's how you digest food, how do you digest proteins. And these special molecules with a, a twiddly sort of clumpy shape, and food comes, sits on it, gets digested, and moves on in bits. That's a bit too simplistic, but you get the general gist. Anyway, we were working on this and these enzymes are made out of about 250 or so amino acids and there's about 20 of those, so you can work out, if you do the maths, the number of possible combinations of these amino acids that will fold up and give you an enzyme at that shape that does that job. And there's several thousands of such enzymes in the body, and you get the gist of it happening by chance. Um, you You counter that argument by saying, well, the universe is huge and lots of time, lots of false starts, it's bound to work sometime. Uh, You can't put a figure to that any more than you can put a figure uh, to a lot of these arm-waving things, but basically it's a lot simpler if you say God did it. How he did it is the joy of scientists trying to figure it out. What's much more important is why he did it, the purpose of him doing it. And the whole subject of identity comes down in this chapter, in this psalm, to looking at it from another point of view that in all this vast universe, however big it is God doesn't have any difficulty finding us sifting through all the galaxies, where's earth gone? You know, No, not at all, he knows precisely you personally by name he knows you completely inside and out, he knows you better than you wish he did it's a, two, you know, it's a two-sided thing, this being totally known by God. If you're up to no good, you wish you weren't known by God. You're trying to hide from him. Adam in the garden tried to hide after they'd screwed up. Lots of people try to hide from God because they've got something to hide. And unfortunately, God can see it anyway. Uh, we can't hide from God. So that's scary if you're rebelling. On the other hand... I I read this another way. David, if you actually look into his life, and remember he was the best king Israel ever had. He was a bloody man. His blood up to his elbows. He started off as a shepherd killing wild animals, then he killed Goliath. Then we got these songs, oh, Saul's killed his thousands, David's killed his tens of thousands and he was so bloody that god said well you're not going to build my temple your son will do it you know there's a lot of blood there and and that little outburst that seems to ruin the psalm <laughs> is possibly from the fact that david was sick and tired of all this war he was he he was on the run half of his life from saul chasing him in jealousy the other half he was a warrior doing all these deeds I suppose tens of thousands isn't bad compared to tens of millions. We seem to have become in our evolution so much more civilized that we can kill people by their millions now rather than by their thousands and tens of thousands. So uh, good evolution going on there. Um, No, that was a digression gratuitously on my part. God knows us but he knows us also in a way of protecting us. This is what David experienced when he was going to flee from Saul or flee from enemies. When he says, you hem me in behind and before, it's a bit like perhaps Donald Trump, when he comes in a couple of weeks' time, he's going to have such a ring of CIA and other thugs all around him that nobody's going to be able to throw a tomato or a bomb at him. Um, he's hemmed in round and about by protective agents. You know, David was knowing God's protection at all times. So knowing that wherever you go in the entire world, whatever you're experiencing is not beyond God's sight. Whatever you're suffering, whether it's any of these identity crises that we were talking about, God knows about that and he's with you in it. So this is the plus side of him being everywhere, that you're not alone. He's with you in your situation. You ask, you, why doesn't he stop things happening? We get into all kinds of areas of discussion that are beyond the scope of t- this morning. But he's got a plan for our lives. He's got things written down in his book before the beginning of time, purposes for us to fulfill. We're not spare parts because one role has finished and another role has yet to emerge. We have a role even now in our our golden years or our platinum years or whatever we call them. David Elsewhere writes about bearing fruit into old age. We can be very fruitful and are expected to be fruitful from now for however much longer we have, we are very much part of God's plan, and that's where we get our identity from. Our relationship with Him, His relationship with us, is at the heart of our identity. So, you don't, when you're talking to somebody uh, in a conversation, you don't sort of get to know them properly by saying, What do you do? I think a guy in his sermon the other day said, you know, we're not human doings, we're human beings. Um, you know, who are you, the person, not what do you do. I know that's a more neutral thing, because you might not want to reveal who you actually are, because you might be a bit of a toe rag inside and you don't wish to admit it. You can hide behind saying, oh, I'm an accountant, um, and people sort of let that pass. But you know what I mean? The person you are is known to God, and the plans he has for you are still real, live, and active now. You matter. What you do matters. The relationships you have with people matter because you know people that others are, are, don't know. You, you can bring the light of Christ to places that only you can go because you know such folk in your family or wherever. Our identity centers on our relationship with God. I wish I could do more in the way of science, really. This is an opportunity missed in some ways, but we're not here to do a science lesson. All I can say is that in my study of science, it's fantastic. God is absolutely brilliant. He says, Consider the lilies of the field, where well, you could consider almost anything. Um, You know, we've got a little pond with dragonflies going up and down. You consider one of those, like the David Attenborough films, when you see them close up. Fantastic. God's a brilliant scientist. And he's made us, not by chance, but for a purpose. And that purpose is to love him, to serve him, and to enjoy being with him. The fact that he knows us through and through means he's on our side. Hebrews, the writer to Hebrews says, because we've got such a high priest who's been human himself, we can approach him in prayer confidently because he understands from the inside. Not only was he our creator, it's a bit of a mind twist to work this out. Not only did he create us and the whole world, but he actually came down himself as a creature being made. in forms a man. He knows from our side what it's all like, so we can go to him in prayer with all our different agitations of various kinds. And as the psalmist says at the end, it's quieting my troubled thoughts, isn't it? Uh, search me and know my heart, test me and know my anxious thoughts, and lead me in the way everlasting. That's what David wanted. It's what we want. Different circumstances, different era, different country, but same God, same relationship. I think that's amazing. Let's just pray. For more information about St. Saviour's, please visit our website at www.stsaviourssunbury.org.uk. Thank you.